Hello, before we begin, tickets are now available for the Zeniel Dome's Little Dome live at the Aberystwyth Comedy Festival. That's on Sunday, the 1st of October at 8.30pm. We are planning on covering October 1997 and October 2011. Come along and see if that's overambitious. Tickets are available at abbacomedyfest.co.uk. Abba is spelled A-B-E-R. Essilt is actually doing two other shows that weekend as well, really making the most of that hometown advantage there. Again, tickets are all available on the ABBA Comedy Festival website. Right, on with the show. And welcome to the Zeniel Dome's Little Dome with me, Esther Sears. And me, Gareth Gwynn. This is the podcast where we look at a specific month in Zeniel history. And today we're looking at September 2003. Okay, first question. Are we going to discuss the films of September 2003? No. Only because uh, I was working in a cinema at this point in my life. Oh. Um, between years at university and it was during this summer that I saw the film Pirates of the Caribbean I think 24 times <laughs> <laughs> so if it ever appears on TV I can kind of mouth along the words to that that film <laughs> I've never been bothered about that film like I because I know loads of people are obsessed with it and like I enjoyed it but people are yeah. obsessed with it because I, I vividly remember when it came out there was a girl who was First in the queue on the day it came out. She then saw it at the evening showing. She saw it on the Saturday morning and evening. Uh, she didn't come Sunday lunchtime. And I thought, oh. good, she's had enough. And then she turned up on Sunday evening. Oh. And I thought, ah, you haven't let me down. Wow. <laughs> so she saw it five times that weekend. Um, I've never done that for any film. Uh, no, no, certainly not in the cinema. No, I often stick 2001 A Space Odyssey on while I'm working. Because it's, oh. because it's like a two and a half, three hour music video. And as well, if I what will happen is it'll just be on in the background, and I'll sort of look up and go like, "Oh God, I've got nothing done," and they're at Jupiter. Like I can <laughs> sort of I can calibrate my day by how they're getting on. September two thousand and three is the month when Den Watts came back to EastEnders. Came back. Yes, yeah. I remember we, the fuss we, around this. You you were watching EastEnders, right? Yeah, well, I had watched EastEnders in the 90s, but by mm. now I was at university, so by now I had fallen out of EastEnders regular yeah. watching. But I remember the big press event that mm. this was. People were so excited. Well, no, people were furious because... <laughs> <laughs> because his death had been one of the big EastEnders moments, mm. hadn't it? Yeah. And and I don't blame them. Hmm. Loads of things about the story annoy me. So so basically, everyone knew that that the actor Leslie Grantham was coming back. Hmm. So and that annoys me in itself because I I don't like spoilers. That that's one of the worst things about social media. Yeah. Is it's so difficult now, and and the mere fact that film companies they sometimes have to record like three different endings to stuff because something might get out. It's like. It's so expensive and it's yeah. so time consuming just to just to give people that element of surprise. I just yeah. So so that annoys me. Also, like I was reading through, you know, kind of the timeline of what happened during his death and then how he was resurrected. And you know, he was <laughs> <laughs> 
But he was shot, right? He was and shot he... by a bunch of flowers. Yes, daffodils, the <laughs> yeah, national flower of Wales. I didn't watch it at the time because I'd have been too young, but I've seen the clip many, many times since. Yeah. Bunch of yeah. flowers with like a little gun poking out. Going like, <laughs> <laughs> it's quite pathetic in a lot of ways. It is. It is. It could have been done much better, I think. Because I think if you saw a gangster walking down the side of a canal carrying a bunch of flowers, that's more suspicious than if he was just wielding a gun. <laughs> like, so, yeah, so he was shot, he fell into the canal. So then they said they couldn't find a body, but then apparently they did find a body and they identified it as him. So that's how it was left. So it, right. there was no ambiguity. So they didn't even leave it open. They didn't want him back. Yeah. <laughs> but then when they were talking about how they, they came across him again, so... Dennis, Den's son, came back and he did some digging and found he hadn't actually died. So that he had survived the, su- the shooting. Den had fled to Spain. Everyone um, in EastEnders. In, in Spain, there's another version of EastEnders. <laughs> just made up of all, the, of all the characters who have fled yeah. to Spain. Yeah, it's like in Neighbours, like everyone who's moved to Canberra or something. Yeah. Like, yeah. That, that, that is the spin-off series I want to see, That'd is where everyone is is in Spain, oh. yeah. And they found out the body that they found, that they had identified as Dan, was another, he was like a gangland boss or something who was murdered um, because he'd failed to have Dan killed. And the reason there was some ambiguity about it was because he didn't have any of his original teeth so they couldn't do like a dental thing and it just feels like i mean we've both been in writers rooms right the son could have put on the front page of the newspaper that he was coming back and i could have been in this writers room halfway through developing the story and it was so much hard work i'd just be like no just abort just <laughs> just just let just it go up. let's pretend we never thought of bringing him back it just feels clunky and Oh, I think the thing is with Den, he preceded my time watching EastEnders. By the time I was watching it in the 90s, he had already been written out of it. Um, however, I know that they brought Cindy back, didn't they? Yes. And even though I had not watched an episode of EastEnders in probably about 22 years... I did go. I'm going to watch that on iPlayer and see how they did it. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. And, and that, and I'm the person they want to lure back. It's those people. <laughs> like, it, so yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous. But also the fact that I went, go on. How do you do it? Is exactly what they want people like yeah, me to do. Yeah, I think. yeah. I know people will complain that soaps aren't a true depiction of real oh, life. Yeah, it's like, yeah. But you wouldn't watch it. No one would watch no. it if it's just... I mean, I will tell you today what's happening to me today. I went for blood tests this morning. We're recording this now. After this, I have to go and pick up like a, a cabinet from somewhere. I have to get it today because I've postponed it for so long. Like, no one's watching that. <laughs> no one's watching it. Well, do you remember when we had um, Shandris Williams on for, for the Daniel Dome? Yes. As, as a guest, and because she was in Emmerdale. And the list of things that her character went through in just yeah. a few years was insane. <laughs> 
you did have quite a time of it on Emmerdale. I'm going to list, okay, all the stuff that happened to you. <laughs> Hang on, on a second. Bear with me. So, oh God. you were knocked off your motorbike while on your way to meet your biological father. Mm-hmm. You steal someone's client and burn down their factory. You yes. run over and kill a sheep. Yes. You're arrested for stealing the vet's drugs. You get a job as a machinist at the new factory that was built after you burnt down the old one. Mm-hmm. You join a church choir. You have an affair with a man whose wife is in prison and you start seeing his son. The wife of the guy you had an affair with slaps you for cheating with him. <laughs> <laughs> then after a complicated line of dating and suitors, you find out that you're 18 weeks pregnant. You give birth at a wedding. Your mother is diagnosed with a brain tumour and she suffers a seizure at your wedding. You record someone admitting that they've killed someone else, but they see you and a car chase ensues. You lose control of the car and it plunges down a steep ravine. You survive and the murderer pulls you out of the wreckage, but he suffocates you in order to keep his secret. Yeah. That is like the perfect soap character. And she was quite quiet and <laughs> sedate in comparison to others. I don't remember burning down the factory, but it apparently I did. And then at the end, they named a playground after her. (laughs) (laughs) But that's what you want. That's what Den should have had. You just want something where your name as that character lives on in the soap, but you don't actually have to come back. Yeah, so absolutely. So you still, you know, you, your, your name lives on, but you're happy at home. That's what they did with Queen Vic. <laughs> A legacy. Amazing. The other thing that happened in September 2003 is Morrison Supermarket got the green light to take over rival Safeway. I remember that happening because Neith yeah. had a Safeway and now it's a Morrison's. Yeah, and no one, no one who didn't grow up in the north of England has ever heard of Morrison's. <laughs> I mean, people living in the south of England now still haven't. <laughs> yeah, I um, I remember they built a Morrison's in Port Talbot, and okay. no one had heard of one. I, so, so, I'd certainly so they didn't. It wasn't the there was one in Port Talbot that just arrived. It was just this wow. thing called Morrison's, Gosh. and then they took over the Safeway, and uh, I. Morrison's when it arrived, I remember going to this this Morrison's going like, well, this seems quite smart and posh. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. There's something the way that you walked in and they had like the fruit and veg under a thing saying Market Street, and you went, yes. oh, yes, isn't this isn't this fancy? <laughs> I love how I love how they had they would have done that to get that yeah. reaction from people, and it worked. Yeah, I love it. And then you know. <laughs> Familiarity then breeds contempt, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. And, and now it's it's just Morrison's. So I grew up in Aberystwyth. And growing up there, we the the supermarkets I remember, it was Quicksave mm-hmm. um, and the co-op and spa. But then yeah. you wouldn't do your your big shop in spa. No, that would cost um, a million pounds. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> so when Safeway came, because I remember Carmarthen had already had Safeway. And it was a massive big deal. And, and you know, loads of people would go to Carmarthen to shop specifically for Safeway. Um, and it took a few years for it to come to Aberystwyth. And it it felt like a really big deal because it, they did sell foods that you wouldn't get in co-op and quick fit. Uh, quick fit. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Quick yeah, the only food you can get in a quick fit is like a little cup of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> in a tiny plastic cup. <laughs> Yeah, and they will change your oil in, in, in quick save. But the um, yeah, so so it was for us because we didn't have a major supermarket mm. in town. Like the the one example I always give with Safeway is um is granola because my friend Hannah and her family they used to go and shop in Safeway in Carmarthen, and they buy granola there. And I had never ever ever seen granola before. 
it was I you know and it was really expensive and they had chocolate bits of chocolate in or bits of frozen fruit and what you know I was still eating start <laughs> start was my breakfast of choice it's like you know in Australia is really funny about you taking plants and stuff yeah, <laughs> it's like that. It's like they're infiltrating with their newfangled badge and yes, you know. yeah. <laughs> um, I remember the Safeway opening in Neath when I was a kid, and the thing that everyone was very excited by was the fact that they did small trolleys for children. Oh, and so you could go and have your own little trolley as yeah. you walked around that you filled with sweets and then were told to put back at the end. And that was basically, <laughs> that was basically the business model for Safeway where they first launched. That Safeway in Neath also had a very early version of, you know, like when you scan your own food? Yeah. I've got a feeling that the Safeway Neath had a version of that oh. really early on that then they just got rid of. Like, I feel <laughs> like, I'm going to check if this is true, but I feel like they tried it and then went, nah, this is a disaster. And I then they stopped it. Just, just lose confidence in something like that. Yeah, <laughs> I've, I've got this weird feeling. Because we didn't go there, when they first opened the Safeway Neath, we didn't go there because... Um, uh, my parents are teachers, and there's a sort of teaching version of don't shit where you eat, which oh. is don't shop where you teach, uh, where you don't yeah. go to... So, because otherwise you just always see the kids <laughs> that you teach. It would just be... Because you, you, it's like being a celebrity, being a mm. teacher. Yeah. Because with my kids, it's really funny watching them when they spot a teacher outside of school. Yeah. They don't seem to know how to act with them. And it's like seeing a celebrity. Yes. You kind of know yeah. them, but you don't, because you only know them in one context, like in school. Yeah. And now what? They're with they're with their husband or their <laughs> child. And it's like, no, they're not meant to have a life. Like yeah. So yeah. <laughs> Someone I know mm. once did a voiceover for a supermarket TV advert. Okay. And I remember asking them. Because I thought you'd get paid, obviously. You'd get a proper payment yeah. for that job. But I also did think that you would at least either get like a really decent discount for the rest yeah. of your life or something. Or <laughs> that you get to do a supermarket suite. Yeah. <laughs> and they didn't. And I was so sad about that. Because genuinely, every time I think of people who do stuff like that on TV, I think, oh, what, what would it be the perks from this other than just being paid for it? And I would, I would have to write that into my contract that I get to do just one. So say I did, um, oh, let's say Iceland because Iceland's a, a Welsh company. Right. Um, if I did the voiceover for Iceland, uh, if you're listening, I'll do it. Um, <laughs> I would want to do a sweep. I would want to go around and get all the frozen stuff that my my little yeah. trolley thing could could carry, and then I'd have to find some way of transporting. I was going to say, I think. All that. I think a supermarket sweep in Iceland is a bad choice of supermarket to do a sweep in because yeah. you end with an... If you are successful in the sweep, you will have too many objects for the amount of freezer space you have at home. Which oh, means yeah, that, I, I that don't night have a chest eating, freezer. Yeah, that yeah. night you're eating 12 frozen pizzas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Which shop would you most like to do a sweep of? That's a good question, because if you'd asked me when I was a teenager, it would be a lot of shops that now don't exist anymore. <laughs> MVC, or FOP, or all these... <laughs> um, HMV still exists, but now mainly seems to sell t-shirts. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, it would probably be... Do you know what? It would be the shop at the BFI. 
oh, you know, yes. where they sell DVDs of weird films you've never seen anywhere yeah. else. That's what I do. Yeah, that's I a good do... one. And they, they've got good merch in there as well. Yeah, yeah, it would the shop at the BFI, and as well, yeah. it's small enough that what? Give me two minutes. I'm basically making out with the shop. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to walk past one day and you're doing the sweep and people are just like looking at it like what the heck's going on in there and I'm just like oh Gareth's just doing a sweep I would hope that if I were to ever in some world do get to do a sweep of the shop at the BFI there would be some sort of pageantry around it rather than just have people walk past <laughs> and it look like I've lost my mind in a DVD store <laughs> no. I think if you don't explain to a passersby what's going on it it looks like you're watching a crime. <laughs> People would think it was like an art installation or something. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep going mad. Oh, I would love if you if you do ever get to do that. Could you, on your way out, also get me one of the benches? So the, <laughs> on the way into the BF5 is these amazing benches, and I'd like one, please. Yeah, okay. Uh... <laughs> then just drag that behind. You. I feel like I think I'm like you've got two minutes. Going right, I'm gonna start with the bench. <laughs> Slugging that around with you. Oh, so no, sorry, no films this time. That's fine. Um, That's fine. I could tell you what came out. Rugrats, The Hulk. There was a very weird cartoon Sinbad, Um, and and in the winter it was one of the um, Lord of the Rings. Okay, that's fine. But the rest, a dog shit. Rugrats uh, was the first scratch and sniff film where as people came in, I had to, with their cinema ticket, hand over a small scratch and sniff card. Really? And a number would appear on screen in red. And when it went green, so red meant scratch your scratch and sniff right. card. And when it went green, sniff it. And there were like seven smells on the card. Oh. And I remember when it started, my boss said to me, now look, we've only got a hundred scratch and sniff cards (laughs) so you have to be quite careful about how many you give out so only give them to kids don't give them to parents or by the end of the run we'll run out by the final thursday he was like give everyone two (laughs) like there was oh my god i I took a handful home after the run finished there were loads there hold a minute how yeah this sounds like barely anyone went to see this no film. one went to see the Rugrats oh, film fine. no okay. one came to see the Rugrats okay. film wow <laughs> what were the smells on the, on the scratch and sniff uh, stinky socks oh, cheese no. oh, my um, God. nothing pleasant like that certainly wasn't part of the, the sc- I mean let's be honest scratch and sniff whatever the smell of scratch all the smells are fundamentally the same yeah, they're yeah. all a slightly a sort of slightly rancid smell yeah. backed with cardboard so that's really like yeah, because and that hasn't taken off obviously because I've never seen this in no, any other film. No, I've never seen the scratch and sniff. Yeah, but now I'm thinking some cinemas surely could pump in scents, couldn't they? I mean, yeah, but the, the, I think the issue there is the pumping out. Oh, right, I think you yeah. can pump in as many you can pump in as many spells <laughs> as you like, but later in the day, people are coming in for Oppenheimer. Oh and God, they need to, yeah, that's uh, somehow true. ventilate. So that was 2003. I could have talked about Johnny Cash dying as well, but we didn't have time for that. Oh, that mm. would have been sad. He was only 71, which feels young. Yeah, but Johnny Cash looked 71 <laughs> when he was 30. <laughs> Johnny Cash sang country music songs and talked about Jesus. He had he had the vibe of a 70-year-old for a very long time. I think it's really sad, though, because he, he died of diabetes. And I just oh. think out of, out of... Yeah, but it's not very rock and roll... 
Oh no, you you would. I think Johnny Cash was sort of hoping to die in a sort of prison brawl. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, with like a metal bar to his head or something. (laughs) Well, um, you can get in touch on the Zenial Dome at hotmail.com. You can send us a tweet to the Zenial Dome or Instagram Zenial Dome. Um, We should go through some of our messages actually because we've had plenty more, but we'll do that because. I think we've done our time, so we'll do that another day uh, on a on a less interesting year. We will see you soon. Um, we'll be back next week. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>